Happy New Year. Welcome to another edition of the Coaching You Podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir. I know 2018 is here upon us, and uh, one of the things that struck me right away was all of a sudden all the league play was happening in college basketball. You know, everyone was going into league play starting. Now all of a sudden the games become very meaningful. The competition has upped itself. With college football playoffs finally winding down, I think you're going to see so many more college and pro basketball games on TV. Someone asked me the other day, when I watch a game, what do I watch for? Do I root for a favorite team? Do I have favorite coaches? Of course, we all do. I enjoy watching some teams and some coaches more than others. But when I watch a game, I look at it like I'm coaching the game. And I actually coach both teams because I want to win. So I want to make sure that at least I'm getting one team that wins. So, what, But what I'm watching, I'm looking at it and I'm saying, okay, if that coach is running a certain type of uh, defense, I say, how am I, what would I run offensively to be able to score? If someone's playing a zone, how would I attack it? And then if they're done a team, I'm, I'm loving watching, you know, uh, some of these young college players. And I say, how would I defend a young man like that? How would I defend him coming off pick and rolls? So I'm, I'm kind of always kind of involving myself as a coach, almost like preparing as a scout. Uh, that we would in getting ready for an opponent. So that's just some ideas that you can do. Also, I always keep one of my pad diagram pads with me so that when I see someone running a great play uh, that I like, I've read it down. I'm watching Jim Christian at Boston College against Duke, and I see a couple of things he does, and I say, love it. Uh, you know, you'll probably see it on one of our coaching you play it a week soon, and, uh, and I... I won't give Jim credit for it. I'm giving him credit now. But then after that, like I always tell everyone, you know, give, you know, take it. That's how we. That's how we learn and grow as coaches. And so, do it. And and that's how you got to keep learning. Keep pushing yourself to learn and grow. But I hope 2018 is a fabulous one for you. When we come back from a break, you're really going to enjoy one of the great gentlemen and coaches in the game, Kelly Wells, head coach, University of Pikeville. He is one of the best NAIA coaches in the world. When you see his teams play, you're blown away. Top 10 team in the country, always in Kansas City. See you after the break. Hey, let's take a second to tell you about one of our partners, Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish basketball shooting machines are the most high-tech and durable basketball shooting machines on the market today. Each shooting machine was designed specifically for high repetition training to allow players to improve through technology. Dr. Dish offers game-like training to give hundreds of shooting reps in just minutes and to provide powerful analytics to help players improve their game. Dr. Dish has also introduced Skill Builder, which is the first of its kind of basketball shooting industry that enables coaches and players to stay connected, design and upload training exercises that combine shooting, conditioning, and ball handling into one complete workout, and instantly receive feedback on their workout, allowing for real-time adjustments and improved performance. It is without question the most innovative basketball training machine on the market. It's been the official shooting machine of Coaching You for the last two years. To learn more about Dr. Dish, log on to Dr. Dish basketball.com or follow them on twitter at dr dish b ball i am so excited today to have a real close friend and one of the best coaches in america 
Kelly Wells from the University of Pikeville, U-Pike as we call them, as our guest. Kelly, thank you for coming on. Oh, what, what a pleasure it is, Brendan, as a, as a follower of yours for many, many years. I'm thankful to be to have the opportunity to speak with well, you. Well, uh, as I always like to, uh, you know, because I have, you know, I'm like one of those uh, families uh, that, you know, as I used to tell Donnie Jones and Sean Finney, all those West Virginia guys I was working with, I felt I have connections all over the world from basketball. And one of the really fun ones was when I was coaching with Donnie at the University of Central Florida, UCF. And uh, you guys uh, left the beautiful mountains of Kentucky and came down on a Christmas, if I'm not mistaken, tour Mm -hmm. of Florida. And uh, for some reason, you wanted to get to the warm weather. I don't know why. (laughs) And, and, uh, you know, and you came into our practice facility and you and your team and they they worked out. We were really good at the time. We were a really good team. And uh, and so I was talking to you and your fabulous assistant, Ty Compton, afterwards. And I'm watching you guys. Donnie had to go do some media stuff. And I just watched you guys practice. And I said to myself, God these guys could beat our ass. These, these, you had terrific team. But the thing, Kelly, that I've always, you know, I, I love watching coaches is that I watched you guys teach and what you, how you were running practice in a very small practice gym. And I was blown away how organized, how what you could do in a restricted space with restricted number of coaches and how the kids operate at clockwork. It, it was, I, it, I understand why you're a national power, but it was an honor and a pleasure to watch you coach. Well, that's, that's, I appreciate those kind words, but that's why we get out. We want to, we want to treat our guys special in that regard, but like visiting with you all, that was a highlight of their season. And, you know, we had our postseason pictures and plaques made and all of those pictures we took with you guys mm-hmm. were included in those and just a great way. And we, we have kids from Florida and we have yeah. kids from different areas and it's great for us to give back to them and their families and, and honor them by getting them back to their area and, to have an opportunity to visit with you guys that was that was off the charts for us coaches and you know I haven't invented anything in basketball but I sure do f- pick the right guys to steal from <laughs> that you know my my dear friend Donnie Jones is a grad and a former starting point guard at the University of Pikeville U Pike and he always tells me you know I have the most assist ever there I said you must have had some darn good players you were <laughs> passing to you know and and uh and he loves that school and he always would talk about it, and 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 I and I follow like crazy, and and you guys have a heck of a place up there. It is a hidden gem. Uh, we we are so blessed here, from from facilities to just the area to the people here. And one of the things that attracted us and has, have kept us so happy are the people. I mean, they are wonderful, and you're you're lucky enough to be side by side best buddies with one of them. And DJ and Coach Finney are all. Uh, people from our area that we just that treat people correct. They they love their families. They're they're great men, and that's that's what we want to be about. And it, we have an opportunity here to do everything that we want to do goal wise in the career, uh, personally and spiritually here. And it's just it, for me, it's been been a home run blessing. And my family's thrilled, and they treat us good. And we uh, we try to we try to pay back doing things the right way. You get you you know you went to Moorhead. Uh, state in Kentucky, you know, and, and everything. But how did you get your start coaching out in Hawaii? 
Well, it's it, it's a long long <laughs> circle. It really is. And uh, I, I played college basketball at the University of Tulsa my first year for JD Barnett. And, okay. Uh, he was he was removed uh, after my freshman year, and I came home and finished yep. my career at Moorhead, and that's where I met my wife and. Obviously, my family's there, so it was a great decision for me at the time and just built that relationship. And at the time, uh, I was at Mason County High School. We just won a state championship, and the following year, we were runner-up. And all of my kids had graduated at that point, and we were going through a new cycle. And timing was was just right there, and J.D. Barnett was the athletic director and uh, at Hawaii Pacific. And uh, it just happened to work out that our, our roads crossed again. And uh, the first year, I was his assistant and assistant athletic director, and then the second year, I took over as the head coach. And uh, kind of the rest is history. We ended up coming back to to Kentucky here, and and uh, as a big time family guy, it was hard for me to be that far away from home. On sure. uh, in a way, you're just totally disconnected to uh, to your family in a lot of ways. So I yeah. I wanted to get back and needed that for my kids and also for my family. Oh, and that makes perfect sense. I forgot JD was out there, and uh, JD is is one of the really classic historical figures in in college basketball annals. Uh, you know, probably should do a podcast just on JD's career and the circle of people that he has influenced over his career oh, it, just incredible it, it is overwhelming the, the the names and people and the stories and, uh the just it, i mean it really you talking about being locked into your tv set when that would come on just a great uh great story of coaching and life and yeah. uh, jd's got a great story to tell he does uh so okay you come back and and, and the university of pikeville for those that don't know greg white is a fabulous fabulous coach uh that is now just a professional speaker and one of the best in the country. Uh, but he was the, Donnie Jones's co- coach at the University of Pikeville. Tell me how that job presented itself to you. How did that opportunity present itself? Well, b- before actually I went to Hawaii, I, I had kind of talked uh, to the admin here a little bit in regards to, to trying to make the move from a high school coach to a college coach. And I, I had really good friends here in the mountains and uh, being from Moorhead, which is very close. We had a lot of meaningful relationships between both uh, both areas and just didn't work out at the time and uh, that's when I became very ill and, and I had a kidney disease and had my first transplant during that that kind of cut off and then uh, that kind of changes your thinking it kind of mm-hmm. uh, it's you answer that phone and do you hear me now like things have got to you know you got to really focus in and dial in on your career and your family and things you want to do and that's when I decided to make the move uh, to get into college basketball it wasn't any time to wait it was time for me to do that and I'm thankfully blessed and I'm, I'm doing great now but that was kind of the click for me that that made me kind of make some moves and then we went to Hawaii and then when we came back here I had that relationship built already with the admin at at, at, at that time Pikeville College and uh, it just worked out great when I came here it was a perfect fit there wasn't anything that I didn't expect or, or was was shocked by and I think they welcomed me with open arms and um, we've really made a great team here as far as the administration all the way through the community and uh, it's been really a, a, a journey of love all the way through. Tell me this uh, for those we have tons of listeners in the men's and women's side uh, throughout the country and also internationally but educate uh, those that don't know on and a lot of tons of high school coaches. Uh, so to educate those on NAIA basketball, it is very high quality. Yeah, no question. It's one. It's a battle that we fight at our level a lot. And 
sometimes you've got to get in that, that avenue of pride's a little bit overrated. You've got to just present the information to educate folks. And there are a lot of areas in the United States that don't have NAI schools kind of present and around where people can see, like you, you mentioned NAI in the state of Kentucky, it's very heavy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very, very good. We have national championship coaches in our league and national championship programs in our league that really satisfy all needs that you need in a, in a college situation. We, we play for championships here and, you know, the kids are, they travel correct. We have the same Nike and contracts and Under Armour contracts as all the division one schools and the education here is off the charts. We have two medical schools here, an optometry school and an osteopathic medical school here. So, you know, we love them through and we teach, we, do treat it just like the highest level anywhere so kids can realize their goals we have 18 players currently playing overseas so all the things that all other programs provide we're just kind of a hidden gem so to speak and i'm not i'm not i'm not all upset about that that's great that we it's not for everybody i mean the kids that come to our program have to be bought into those things that are important in their education and you know we're not las vegas and we're not orlando florida Uh, we have our niche and and what we do we feel like we do pretty well but uh, the nai is just something you have to be informed about to to understand all the great things that come with it you know your league up there uh that you play in is uh you know is like basketball nai's version of the sec in football i mean it is a fabulous competitive league uh talk about that on how you you never have a night off it seems in that league no, you really don't, and and you know if you can compete for a championship in our in our conference, you can compete for a championship overall, and that's the greatest sell for competitive kids. Is you know when you come here, you're going to be in a league. This this last week, we had six teams of our eight in our conference that were ranked in the top twenty five in the country. So like that's a that that's a statement you know that's that's very heavy a lot of the the most the highest winning percentages in our whole game of NAIA are from our league our coaches in our league are great uh they do a fabulous job and you know some of them just want to be be more involved with their family some of them just sure. want like the smaller school the the more personal touch and um and that's okay that you know i think blooming where you're planted is an awesome thing and i think a lot of our people do that Fast Model Sports is the world's most versatile basketball coaching software to help power your preparation. Fast Model has developed the industry's best coaching software, including the number one play diagramming and playbook software, FastDraw. FastDraw bridges the gap between whiteboarding and the digital world with an incredibly easy-to-use interface that can be used on both your computer and your iPad, providing maximum portability for your own personal play and drill database. doesn't stop there. Along with FastDraw, they have other great programs such as FastScout, which I have used, which helps coaches create clean professional sky reports customized for your team. Fast Model is trusted and used by every NBA team and WNBA team and 85% of Division I college teams and over 8,000 high school and youth teams from over 75 countries around the world. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching resources through their blog and play bank, which features over 5,000 free plays and drills for their online coaching community. For access... To these plays and more information, visit FastModelSports.com or follow them on Twitter at FastModel. Kelly, talk about your style of play and how you'd like to play uh, for the te- people that don't know about Pikeville and how how you guys you know roll basketball wise. Yeah, we we spend a ton of time on individual improvement. We really 
we really love the offensive side of the game, and I don't mean that to, mm-hmm. to, to hack off the other side, but we really spend a ton of time on fundamentals and, and develop them as players. And in this generation, you kind of got to meet kids where they're at, and that's that's kind of a focal point for kids this day and age, and that's a good thing too on, on the offensive side. In the last few years, I feel like we've developed defensively into into one of the better defensive teams as well, and it's put us in a position to where now we can compete for a championship every single year because we have both parts of the of the game down very well. But we, we want to lead the country, be in the top five in scoring. Uh, we also want to be in the top five in defensive field goal percentage, which is a hard balance to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like we've we've been able to do that. We're you know right now we're right on track with those goals, and it's been a great commitment from our team to to get there. But you know we like to have good balance, but certainly we we stress the offensive side of the game uh, probably probably as much or more than the defensive side. So when when you're playing your defensively man to man team. We are, and, and we've we've traditionally always been man to man, and and we've kind of done some more zone stuff, and and we do mix that up, and it's not a, uh, I wouldn't say it's the staple to what we do defensively, but it's a great mix for us, and we spend a lot of time working on uh, different kinds of defenses each year. We try to pick a different zone uh, that we really want. This year, we're doing a little one two two half court trap that falls mm. back into a two three that we really like. Uh, it fits our team, and. You know, I don't have the – when I go out and shop in the mall like all the other coaches do, I have to pick a different store a lot of times than others to find our players. So we kind of got to adjust a little bit in regards to like a high school coach. You find what fits you best, but it's not always going to be perfect. So we have to kind of manipulate our defenses to match the personnel uh, every year. I'll send you a couple of gift cards I'm not going to use that I got for Christmas. <laughs> we, need, we need them, I promise you. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so one of the things like – I was blown away when I got to see you practice. Uh, I'm, I'm going to refer to the individual work, and I'm saying to myself, this is as good as you get at the NBA level, uh, the stuff that you were doing with your kids. And um, and, I, and I think you're 100% right as far as meeting them halfway because I don't know in education what kid doesn't want to be worked with individually. I don't care, sure. you know, and, and so I think that is a, such a smart thing for you to do. When you're scoring at such a high rate, what's your philosophy there? How are you How are you scoring? Well, the, the biggest thing for us and something we have to preach, and we really, this is a recruitable trait that we, we really look for, is, is we call it sharing is caring. You know, we love guys who make the extra pass, who aren't afraid to share the basketball. And when someone's open, it has to be passed. And, you know, it, it takes some uh, strength mental strength to make sure that they block out their families, tell them to score it every time. And, you know, their friends to tell them to score it every time. And, you know, if we get ourselves into a three to one assist to turnover ratio for games, like we really know we've got a good thing going and there's enough on the plate for everybody to eat when you, when you share. And I think the guys that are teams that we've had that really have performed at the highest level really are so unselfish and almost to a fault sometimes, but like, we're not going to have players of the week every week and we're not going to have always the national player of the year. We've had all of those, but like when we get six, seven guys in double figures every night and we're scoring 98 to a hundred points a night, you know, we feel like we're doing a lot of good things offensively. Right. Kelly, I, I work with a lot of uh, college coaches uh, on a consulting basis. And one of the big challenges I'm getting this year is with players that, you know, are, you know, not getting playing time. They thought they they or their parents or AAU coaches thought they were going to get with these guys. Uh, and frankly, not because the coaches mean. <laughs> it's just because they're not good enough. Uh, and or uh, they just have trouble changing their game to fit into a team game. Uh, 
how do you how do you coach that as a because I think this generation is a different one now. How do you how do you deal with it? I, I think you're 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 dead set. That's everywhere. That's at yeah, every level right. from fifth grade all the way through, and a level of entitlement is is rampant over what we're trying to do. But like I try to bring it to a little bit different. Like our core values, we we use the word love a lot in our core values, and that's kind of hard topic to talk to to guys with a lot of times. But like if our relationship as a coach and a player, or even a coach and a family, is only going to be about about playing time, like then we, we probably don't really have a relationship at all. So like we really try to break it down a little bit further to say like, you've got to be open-minded. This isn't, you know, this isn't intramurals where everybody's guaranteed five minutes, but that doesn't mean you're not important. And that doesn't mean you're not a huge part of what we're trying to do. But like our relationship as coach player can't be just based on if you get to play or you don't get to play. And, you know, it's not fair. They ask me all the time, you know, I'll, I'll have meetings with them. Like, well, such and such, he's your favorite. You know, you, you want to play him because he's your favorite. And I'm like, he's, not particularly my favorite but he, he has some favorite qualities and and things and that he does that yeah they are my favorite when he shows up on time he becomes one of my favorites you know when he gives the best effort he becomes a favorite and those are qualities and like you can be that same favorite person if you'll adapt to some of those qualities so it is a tough sale uh, but certainly we try to build bigger relationships than just playing time monday night i was watching uh, the semifinals of the college football playoffs and and i just heard this morning a ton of criticism against my friend dabo sweeney uh, for the way he coached his quarterback hard after he made a mistake out there and you know and and people actually uh this morning uh not coaches uh our media friends were criticizing how can uh dabo a man of faith yell at a young person and i and i personally laughed right because mm-hmm. Dabo is a dear friend of John Gordon, and John preaches what we call love tough. And mm-hmm. as you stated, if a person knows you totally love him, you can be as tough as you want with him. You know, but if, now, is that is that something that you share? Yeah, they, you know, they're not going to open their mind at all if 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 you don't open your heart to them. I mean, they've got to know you truly have an investment with them, and it's hard in this generation with a lot of kids that, that grow up without fathers mm-hmm. who ever talk to them about the word love. And lots some of these kids may not have ever been truly Love. loved in the yeah. right way you know and so that's that's a hard wall to to get through and it takes time and you know certainly you know i i'm i'm very i'm a christian and i'm i'm faith-based in everything we do but sure. if you think our kids don't get get yelled at in practice you're probably in the wrong place you know our kids are going to going to get challenged and sometimes you got to get their attention and i would want no different for my son if he was not doing the things he needed to do and i had repeatedly told him something then somebody probably ought to use a different voice to get his attention and i I don't do it any different those kids are just like an extension of my family and yeah you know we're going to love them through the great times we're going to love them through the hard times but uh, certainly getting their attention sometimes is is important i think as a coach being demanding and being abusive are totally, totally oh. different ends of the spectrum. Absolutely. And, you know, and, uh, you know, someone, I was teaching uh, a, a group of uh, fabulous assistants on a Power 5 team about a couple of weeks ago, and one of the things that uh, one of the assistants asked me is, uh, you know, because one of my favorite sayings is shout praise, whisper criticism, and mm-hmm. uh, and the person said, well, you never yelled at anyone. You don't do that I said, no, I had UB Brown as my high school coach and, and, you know, and Mike Fratello and, uh, you know, I worked with some tough guys, but, but, you know, uh, once they know that you're totally behind them, I never make it personal. Uh, you know, I, as a group, as a team, 
I think it's fine to go into that locker room and, you know, kind of rip them, so to speak. But it's never personal. It's never, I look at it and say, hey, Becky, you know, you're not doing this. And Johnny, you're not, you're a no good SOB. You know, no, it's not, that's personal attack. You yeah. know, that's wrong. But as a generality to say, hey, guys, we're not guarding anyone. You know, we're not rebound, you know, and to be forceful and stuff. I think that is per- perfectly fine. Your feelings? No, I, I agree. I was ready. My, my father coached at Moorhead. That's where I learned to play. He was a women's basketball basketball coach right. there for years, and he was probably tougher. He was a different generation, obviously, but uh, a lot of the demands that I had growing up, uh, I, I carried into coaching. You know, I'm not – he. My father is my best friend in the world, and like I, I want to be like him in a whole lot of whole lot of ways. And being demanding is one of those. I mean, I would have never got out of my comfort zone and been been the best I could be or be the best version of me if I just sat in behind curtains and didn't didn't peek my head out every once in a while and take some chances. And uh, certainly, you've got to challenge people to get out of their comfort zone because, like, they're not as a coach. You got to take a player where they're not willing to take themselves. And sometimes, whatever fire, every one of them are different. But you've got to find that fire that gets them out of their comfort zone to be able to be the best version of themselves. Kelly, what does your team have to do this year to, you know, to qualify, you know, to to go to Kansas City again for the NAIs? Well, we we obviously winning our conference gets us there immediately. Uh, we have to be in the top twenty eight or so in the in the polls to get ourselves to the national tournament. And you know, there's no greater tournament. I don't know if you've Brendan, you've I ever have been there several times it's, as a scout with the NBA. It was one of my favorite events. It is the greatest, toughest tournament. I hope we never change it. There's been talk of that. I hope we don't ever change it. It is so fun. It's a municipal auditorium in Kansas City. Like if if my wife says, Let's go somewhere to get away, like that's my first thing I say. <laughs> Let's go to Kansas City. It's the greatest place ever. Got so many great memories there and uh I hope they don't ever change it. But certainly we want to do everything within our power to get ourselves back out there. You know, I, I one of my first jobs when I came into the NBA was, you know, I was to tell you how the league has changed. Um, U.B. Brown was the head coach of the Hawks, and Mike Fratello was the assistant. I was the other assistant. We had no college scouts. We had no advanced scout. Uh, and so I had to do advanced pro scouting and my college, all the college scouting and be a bench coach and so uh thank god i wasn't married at the time and uh so uh, i i they said oh yeah go to nai tournament and you can see uh you know 32 teams play there's a couple of prospects always you know and do that and this is 1979 this 1980 81 around that time and uh that you know go out there and you can see in a couple of days you can see all the players you know and so i said you know i go anywhere to, i went to there i went to the swack i went to the MEAC, I, I went everywhere and what happened was uh i go out there at 10 o'clock in the morning i'll never forget uh hampton i think it was hampton played and uh those kids those poor guys that's 10 o'clock they, they weren't even awake and mm. my friend Rick Mahorn is playing for Hampton, and he is god awful, and he is awful. And and I've known I coached his brother at Fairfield University, so Rick I've known since seventh grade, and I felt so bad for him. And the, the late great Marty Blake uh, wrote in his NBA scout report: Rick Mahorn cannot play; will never make the NBA. Played mm. like he was asleep. Well, he was, you know. <laughs> and, and you know, Rick only played about fourteen years in the NBA. You know, and uh, was part of championship teams and one of my favorite people ever. But I, I can't believe all the great players I saw out there over the years and fabulous coaches. You know, I nope. mean, the things you see basketball wise, 
way better than you see in an NCAA tournament, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it, it's really amazing. You go through the names of people, the Scotty Pippins of the world. Yep. I mean, just to think about some of the coaches and Travis Grant that have really built the foundation for the NAI and the way they run that tournament, you can just walk in that gym. And there's, there are certain places – I'm sure you've been to most of them, but like you just walk in, you just smell the history of basketball yeah. that's in that arena, and it just it just does something to you. And you know, you may have to play at ten in the morning, and then turn around, and, and you know, and play at midnight. You just never know in that tournament. It's a very very tough, it's the toughest tournament in, in basketball, and I believe that. But that's also great. Like you get going on a roll, like you don't ever want to stop. You just want to keep playing, and you know, we've been able to do that and, and get on a roll and win it all. And that's man, that's a great feeling, and to do it there is just unbelievably awesome. Kelly, in your in your coaching philosophy, from when you started at Pikeville to where you are now, tell me about changes that you've had to make because I think a lot of coaches that we try to work with and instruct and teach uh, at Coaching You, one of the big things is change. And coaches say, oh, yeah, I'd love to change, but they don't change. Yeah. And so how, how does one go about uh, keep growing and learning and changing? For the better, well, I think, for the better. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's two parts to that. One, I think when I first got into coaching, I may have wanted to be something I wasn't, you know, maybe as a younger coach, I really wanted to be standoffish and I wanted to have a different position than the players and really wasn't wasn't who I, who I was uh, per se deep down and probably didn't make the connections that I wish I would have made during those times. And just because I was a little bit younger and I wanted to build a wall up between the players and the coaches and wanted to prove that I was in charge and, and those kind of things. And as I've evolved, I understand how valuable and critical that relationship with the player is to get in there and to understand regardless of your age. I mean, people make connections at, at a lot of different ages and stages of life, but that relationship is so critical and you're going to ask them to do uncommon things. You've got to have an uncommon relationship with them. And I think that's the, the first key that I really realize I've got to spend more time on that area than even maybe the basketball area, much more critical to success than our X's and O's. And that was, uh, that was huge for me. And when I worked for J.D. Barnett in Hawaii, you know, I, I'm not J.D. Barnett. J.D. was very demanding, um, was, was very into uh, making sure that it almost led – a little bit by fear in some ways. And like, that's, that's the total opposite of who I am. And I, I struggled with that when I, the next year I tried to be JD Barnett and that was not Kelly Wells. So I, I really had to put myself in check a lot on regards to being uniquely me, because uh, I think that's so important, no matter who you are or what you do is to be uniquely yourself and, you know, going through some health issues. That's, Mm -hmm. that also gives you a little bit of a wake up call and, you know, there were times, you know, when I was very, very sick that, you know, my team actually led me through things. I mean, they picked me up and there were times that, that I couldn't physically do it, that they knew it was time for them to show leadership. And so, like, I think having that kind of relationship, they, they matter, you know, love matters and being selfless and having passion for what you do are, are things that really, really make the difference. Kelly, you talked about health and uh, obviously we all agree, um, I was going to keep that as my John Gordon one word this year was health because it you know it's the foundation for everything um but you know you've had to go through some amazing things that you know God if if you, and this is the part about health is that you know God if I look like you I'd be coaching the Lakers man you know you're handsome and good looking guy man you're amazing but down beneath it you've gone through some amazing things with your kidney transplants and stuff but if you didn't know you didn't know your story you would never know it how a uh does 
did all that happen and then and then talk about what I think is incredible active leadership on your part is about door, donor organ and, and, you know organ donor and, and that whole program of how you can you know you know help and all of us as coaches we have different causes that we can help yeah that, that there's no question that that you know a lot of what I what I do and, and the decisions I make in life have revolved around some some health issues. I've I've a, now a two time kidney transplant recipient. I've also uh, had uh, nephrectomy where I've had kidney cancer and had to have one of my other kidneys removed due to cancer. And you know I've been I've been very blessed through the process and I've had some some scary dark days throughout the process. But I'm I'm certainly doing great because of organ donation. My my spouse my wife gave me my first transplant. It lasted about 10 years, and my disease called Berger's is very aggressive, and it came back and uh, attacked that kidney, and so it had to be removed, and I had to have another transplant, and my my wife's um, second husband uh, was my second donor, a superintendent of schools in Kentucky, and, you know, for, for any of us to believe that, that God doesn't have his fingerprints on all parts of our life is really not paying attention because he put everybody in the right places for my situation, and, you know, I, now, I know now that what I'm doing is certainly the things I need to be doing. And, you know, my word for the, for the year is love. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that kind of applies to, to just about everything. I've got to love our players better. I've got to love my spouse better, love my kids better, love my situation better. All those kind of things are all encompassed in that word. So, you know, organ donation is just about education. Uh, certainly there's a lot of misconceptions about live donors. I've been blessed to have two live donors. And, you know, if you, um, feel the urge and the education to, to sign up on the donor registry. That's great. We have uh, thousands and thousands of people in each state that are waiting on uh, not just kidney transplants, but eye, cornea, hearts, lungs. Uh, it's a great mission to, to do. And certainly in my case, a kidney is you can live with one kidney just as well as you can live with, with both of those. And uh, I've been blessed to have two different donors step to the plate and give me uh, life and an opportunity to continue doing what I love to do. Well, you're you're a special person, but a, and a really special coach and uh, and a special friend. And uh, this has been fabulous, Kelly. I, I really appreciate you doing this. And uh, I know for the coaches out there, they uh, they're, they're going to be blown away by your story and stuff. And uh, my friend, I only wish you and Pikeville the very very best this year. And uh, I'm hopefully going to go to Kansas City and see you. That would be fabulous. There would be nothing more that I would love to see you in Kansas City, and certainly one day we're going to get you down here to the mountains. And when it's not when it's not nine degrees, no, we'll no, 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 it's a little warmer. I, I'll come in the spring and summer. I'll be happy I to. I, I will really look forward to it. And uh, and I and I I hear it's just a fabulous place, and and Donnie brags about it all the time, and uh, and he's a proud alum. And uh, he, yeah, it, it's great. And you you keep shining. And I'm certainly. Uh, I'm a huge fan, well above our friendship, but certainly all the things that you do give me opportunities to steal from great minds and great people. Well, I'm honored. Thank you, Kelly. Appreciate it, my friend. Thank you. That fella is is a friend, uh, but what a coach. If you ever get to see his team, if you're ever going through the eastern part of Kentucky, make it a point. Go and see his team's practice. He is one fabulous coach. I know I learned when I watched his team work out at our gym. I know you will. <laughs> Try to get some game film of them. That league that they play in is a monster, but one of the really great people. What a story. What a selfless person. And wouldn't you want your kid playing for Kelly Wells? Till next week, this is the coach, Brendan Sir. <laughs> <laughs>